Lift every voice and sing till at then heaven ring, ring with the harmonies of liberty. Let our rejoicing rise high as the listening skies. Let it resound loud as the rolling sea. Sing a song full of the faith that the dark past has taught us. Sing a song full of the hope that the present has brought us. Facing the rising sun of a new day begun, let us march on till victory is won. Stony the road we trod, bitter the chastening rod, felt in the days when hope unborn had died. Yet with a steady beat, have not a weary feet, come to the place for which our Father sighed. We have come over a way that the tears has been watered. We have come treading a path through the blood of the slaughtered. Out from the gloomy past, till now we stand at last, where the white gleam of our bright star is cast. God of our weary years, God of our silent tears, Thou who has brought us thus far on the way, Thou who has by Thy might led us into Thy light, Keep us forever in the path we pray. Lest our feet stray from the places, our God, where we met thee. Lest our hearts, drunk with the wine of the world, we forgot thee. Shadowed beneath thy hand, may we forever stand. True to our God, true to our native land. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's your girl, Gloria TP5, and you can also call me Gloria Pickerskill. Yes, so today is the first episode for Resurrected for a Reason. And there's a lot of topics that I wanted to discuss. I saw that through this COVID-19 thing, a lot of people have revealed things to themselves. News has been happening, good and bad. And there are some things out there that people don't like talking about. But we have to get to the root of several problems. 
and I decided that I'm going to make a podcast to speak on these topics and to share my experiences as well because we need to open the eyes of our community, open the eyes of the blind and and people that are ignorant and think they know what they don't know and we need to talk about things like racism, black lives matter, broken women, broken men, prejudice, life lessons. We need to relax our mind with meditation and pray. When's the last time you really sat there and prayed? I mean, really prayed and concentrated on what you were praying about and didn't make it just a minute prayer. How often do you pray? Do you pray when you remember to pray or do you pray when you feel like praying? Now, me personally, I pray every day because I know prayer is what saved my life many a time when I was in the gutter. And later on, I'm going to discuss what that was. But for now, we're going to begin the first episode of Resurrected for a Reason. The topic and the episode is called Being Different is a Good Thing. Black, white, Spanish, Indian, Chinese, tall, short, thin, thick, brown hair, long hair, short hair, curly hair, rich, poor, Christian, Muslim, American, Canadian, Jamaican, teacher, pastor, engineer, taxi driver, nurse, caregiver, singer, photographer, rapper, employed and unemployed. They all have one thing in common. They are all different. They are all unique and amazing, beautiful and wonderful. That is what makes you. You're probably asking me, what? Why are you even talking about this? Why does it matter that we're different? And it matters more than you will ever know. Okay, y'all, so let's get down to it. Reasons for being different. Number one, let me get straight to this first. When you're a person of a different race, a disability, or health condition, or even a different age group, people look at you different. It might not be on purpose, but it's like you stand out from the crowd because you're different. Just like me and my epilepsy. I always stood out from the crowd. Everyone always knew who I was because of my epilepsy. And being epileptic, it really did prepare me for the future. It pushed me harder to do what I had to do. It pushed me harder to learn. It pushed me harder to do everything. I had to work double hard than the regular person because my epilepsy many a time got in the way of what I was supposed to be doing. But until this day now, I can actually look back and say, epilepsy changed me. It really did over the years. And... I've been through a lot of traumatic things. Sometimes I wish that 
I never have had been diagnosed with epilepsy. Because I'm the only one, I feel like I'm the only one in the family with it. And it's difficult. But I'm here today. And I'm here to talk to you about why being different is a wonderful thing. Sometimes you see it as, why why me? Regardless of what it is, you might have no money. You might be overweight. You might have a health condition, a learning disability. Maybe you're having trouble getting housing because you're a black person. Or maybe you're having trouble getting a position that's usually for a male. Like construction. Because many a time, I don't see a lot of women doing construction, but I remember one of my friends from Howard tried to apply, and she couldn't get the job. Not only was she black, she was, let's just say she didn't have a lot of money for what she wanted to do, so... What she wanted to do wasn't in the regular. So they say, oh, you're different. I don't know if we can hire you. That kind of thing. I was like, that's what they said to you? And she's like, no. That's what it looked like they were saying to me with their facial expressions. You know, like when you arrive at a place all dressed up, ready to go. But then they look at you and be like, mm, I don't know if our, they already made up their mind that they're not going to hire you. You know? So let me get to number one and continue it. It prepares you for the future. It prepares you for the world and all the challenges that come with it. You have to work double hard, but you get double the the rewards. You know, it prepares you for the future because I know... When I was diagnosed, I had the condition for several years before I was diagnosed. But I know with my condition, I had to learn how to take care of myself, be independent, be productive. I had to learn how to go and take things and not wait for it to come to me. I had to learn how to speak up for myself so that I wasn't bullied. I had to... Learn how to learn. Now you probably ask me, how do you learn to learn? I learned that I learn better with visualization. Meaning pictures and PowerPoint. And I learned that I had to study double time for the information to really sink in. And I got amazing grades. I had to work double hard for it, but I got amazing grades. I was on the honor roll at Howard. And I graduated with a a B average. And for those who do not know, in America, they grade you different than in Canada. So, for example, if I got, uh, let's just say, if I got an 80 in Canada that would be an A but in America that would be a C 
see. So I had to work double hard when I got there because when I got my 70 on my first essay, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm okay for the first essay. And they're like, no, I want you to do this again. So they made me do my essays again sometimes. I'm like, wait a minute. I don't want to do it again. But like, no, you're going to do it again because I know you can do better. <laughs> I was lucky they gave me a chance, you know. So number two, you can be proud of you. And I definitely can say that I am proud of who I am today. It took me a long time to get to where I am now. And I'm very blessed to still be here. Because I've had two near-death experiences. And God said, I'm not finished with you yet. I have gotten a few things in my life that are posted on my wall right now as you can see I went silent for a second to see what I really have gotten over the years I got a black history nomination for my first poetry book I did business administration at Centennial I got a Howard degree in communications I have created cards to sell on certain occasions and gave that to charity. I was a part of Sickle Cell Association. I'm a big, I was a big part of my church. And when I say was is because we are getting a new pastor. All three pastors are gone and we're getting a new one. While I was there, I was in choir I was a soloist for Easter and Christmas cantatas. I helped with the children um, once a month because of my health condition. I was able to help teach the children um, Bible stories. I helped with fundraising. I helped with um, a lot of different um, activities. And let's just say... With my church, and many a time people always always come to me to ask me to help out. I was the go-to girl, or should I say woman. Every time there was an event, or any time there was something new, or some kind of voluntary position, and they always came to me. Let's just say that with my epilepsy, sometimes it's unpredictable. But the summer for me it's the worst because of the heat waves that come through and that's one of my triggers but just know as you're listening you can see how many things I've done and I've had epilepsy since I was 11 years old and I've had a lot of years I can't even count how many years if I had a calculator in front of me right now see that's how many years I've had epilepsy but being different didn't stop me from doing what I had to do because I'm still here and God is not finished with me yet. And just know for those who are listening out there, just because you're different, it doesn't mean you can't do things. It may take a little bit more time. You might need help with it. You might need assistance. You might need a, an extended deadline, but you can get things done.
because I've had a lot of my cousins and a lot of my aunts come to me and say, do you realize what you've done? And I'll be like, uh, what are you talking about? They're like, you got a degree from Howard. That's a black college. And you went away for school. For a person who has epilepsy, that's a big challenge. To go away from your family and go away from what you know to what you don't know and go get a degree and come back and be able to put that on your wall. I'm looking at it right now because I was on honor roll the last few years of my schooling. Because the first year I was learning how to adjust to living in D.C. I was learning on the different routes and where to go and where not to go. Um, I never used the subway. That's what they call it. I'm not sure what they call it in America. But I never used the subway down there. I would always get a cab. And then my friend introduced me to um, getting one of those cards to put money on because down where I was in Canada, I just used tokens, right? So it was um, easier for me because I lived in this area most of my life, right? So you can do what you want to do if you put your mind to it. I know a lot of people say that, but it, it really is true. If you put your mind to it, if you plan, and even if you do have health issue. That's why I do things way ahead of time. That's why I cook all my food for the week. Because I never know when I'm going to get sick. But at that, I still get things done. I'm the go-to girl. Or the go-to woman. Or lady. Or whatever you may call it. But a lot of people come to me. For prayer. For, can you help me with this project? Can you help me with that project? Can you give me your opinion? Let me tell you, I wanted to be several things. I wanted to be a lawyer because I'm good at analyzing things and I'm good at debating. I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be a professor. I wanted to be a singer, photographer, basically anything that will help somebody else. I was, in my many years... I was so into helping others that I forgot about me. And Howard taught me to love me and to care about me and to do what I need to do for me so that I can help others. Because if I'm no good and I'm falling all over the place and falling apart, how can I help others? You really can't. And God has proven that to me many a time. So let's get to the next thing. Number three, you really do stand out from the crowd when you're different. And race is a perfect example. People see America as black and white. But yet, there's a whole lot of different cultures and ethnic backgrounds and races in America. But people see it still as black and white. People see me as a black girl. Well, let me tell you something. I'm mixed with a whole lot of things. But all they see is black. Because they see the, the, the surface. They don't ask no questions. They just assume. 
you know? So you really do stand out from the crowd. And let me give you a great example of that. When I went to Centennial College, me and my sister went to a, a college party. It was the last one of the year. And it was getting late. I think it was like around 11 something. And I was like, okay, Tam, we need to go home. And she's like, what? I want to stay out later. So I was like, okay, let's, let's call, let's call the cab and get home because I think the buses weren't running beyond that time. And I was waiting for her and I think she went to go get the McDonald's and come back. So I was like, maybe we could stay another hour because it is the last party and summer's almost done. So what happened was I was standing there by myself. Several guys have asked me to dance. I said no. And then this fine chocolate brother asked me. I was like, yeah, he's fine, but I'm tired. I want to go home. That's what I was thinking. And this same dude said to me, can I get your number? I was like, yeah, right. I was like, typical line from somebody. <laughs> I was like, no, whatever. But he told me later on, as we still hang out now, he said, I remember I asked him every time he talks to me about it, he said, I asked him, why me? Why'd you pick me? And he's like, you were the most beautiful girl in the room, and you look sad, and I just wanted to talk to you and really get to know you, because I just wanted to make you smile. I was like, hmm, should I take that as something, or shouldn't I? Because I was so used to being defensive my whole life, that when someone was trying to be nice to me, I was like, are you serious? Because I was so used to the abuse of others and people trying to take things from me and all of that. I was like, that's all I could see. But again, he was different. And he made me see that, yes, I'm beautiful. That I'm different than the rest of the girls in the room. Because he said, I chose you. <laughs> I was like, okay, you chose me. Now what? <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> we still talk to this day. It's crazy. And at that, let me tell you how we got back together. We dated, like, we had a few dates in 2008. That's when it happened. And then years later, he calls me back. I say, no. I keep turning him down, right? And then when I went to Howard University, he remembered where I lived. And he only dropped me out the house once or twice. And he remembered where I lived. And he knocked on my door. My brother answered the door. He gave him his number and said, can you um, ask Gloria 
to call me. And he didn't know that I was at Howard. And he called me and he said, Gloria, I'm like, yeah, um, you know I'm not in the country right now. And he's like, no way, where are you? And I was like, I'm at Howard University and I'm studying for an exam. What's up? And he's like, really? Okay, I'll let you study. Call me back later. So I called him back later. And then he said, well, I'll wait for you. Ain't no man who doesn't want you is going to say, I'll wait for you. I'm like, yeah, okay, he's going to wait for me. You see, there goes that defensive thing again. And yeah, so when I got back, we started talking. I'm not going to get into the details, but we started talking. My point is, I looked different to him and he looked different to me but it wasn't just the surface we got to know each other we found out we clicked we're good you know and when you go through life being so defensive trying to protect everything that you have including your feelings when a nice person comes up to you and they speak to you or they try to give you any kind of assistance you get real defensive And with that, you lose a lot of things. So I'm just giving a little life lesson in there. Don't be so defensive with everybody because of that's what you're used to. Sometimes you have to switch it up because you'll lose out on a great person, a great opportunity, a great pathway to an amazing life. So let me get to the next um The next number, you show others your strength, your power, and your courage. Now, many people go through things in life, like I said, with the being defensive. I've had to struggle through life, and it was very hard, and it still is very hard. But when I went to my church... The one that I'm still with now after, was it, 13 years now? And we've had discussions about things during Bible study. And a lot of my friends found out what my life has been like. And they look at me and they say, wow, you're so strong. You're so powerful. You're so courageous. I'm like, yeah, okay, thank you, but... (laughs) (laughs) A lot of times I was like, yeah, but I still don't have what I have. But you know what? All of us need to count our blessings. Because, because, let me tell you, there was at one point when I really didn't feel strong or courageous or powerful. I felt weak, powerless, and tired. Because every day was a struggle. And I said, you know what, Gloria? When you get up in the morning, you need to thank God for what you have. And honestly, it was hard for me to do. Because I was like, hold on. God gave me this. I still don't know why I'm suffering. Why is this happening to me? And you know what? I felt through my health condition, 
it pushes me to help others and for them to be better people. And I do what I can to help people. And I do a lot of volunteering from home. I help people work on projects from home because of my epilepsy has become um, unpredictable. As of this year, it has been unpredictable. I've been through a lot of stress and traumatic things, and it affected my pattern of seizures. And for those who don't know, stress is a big trigger for um, seizures. Okay, so number five, you can breathe easy when you're different. You don't have to prove yourself to nobody. You don't have to try to be anybody that you're not. Because I remember back in high school, I always tried to fit in with the crowd. It was my first year. Had to have the new kicks, the amazing hairdo, the nails and everything. And I was like, you know what, Gloria? (laughs) Who are you trying to prove yourself to? You're trying to prove yourself to people who don't even care about you. They just care about what they can get from you. Because when I graduated in my senior year, I had to drop a lot of friends because they were just into what they could get from me or who they could get to know through me. It was a sad picture, but I'm glad that I got rid of some friends and all the baggage and stuff that they brought along with them, you know, because they were definitely heading in the wrong path. Drugs, sex, pregnancy, alcohol misbehaving, unwanted pregnancies, all of that. I didn't need to be wrapped up in all that bad business, you know? So, um, definitely, um, you can become a leader, a mentor. And a lot of people have told me over the years that they see me as someone very strong, will-powered, patient, understanding, loving, and definitely a leader. I've had several people, um, several older people say, you should be a teacher, Gloria. You're good at teaching. I'm like, "Mm." and I would always doubt myself, right? Even now, I like to teach But it has to be specific topics that I'm teaching on, you know. And um, a lot of the most, let me just get my words right. The time when I saw myself as a leader was when I went to Centennial College. During my spare time in between my different classes, I would help this young girl. I can't remember her name because it's so far away. I can't remember her name. But I would help her put posters up because I see that she needed help. I didn't think anything of it, but she thought the world of it. And for three or four months, every time I saw her putting posters up, I would help her put it up. And then one day she took my hand and she said, come on, we're going to the communication center. And I'm like, why? What, what are you doing? She's like, just come with me. 
And because of my kindness and willingness to help her, I got hired for a communications assistant at Centennial College for the year. I helped to men, um, mentor students at the college and in, at, at a high school. And leadership and being a mentor is the most rewarding thing that has happened to me. And I've also been, I mentored students at Howard. I've helped to lead and be a team leader at my church as well. And anytime, just one thing, anytime there was a project from like grade two to high school, to college, to university, I was always chosen to be the team leader, even at church. Even at um, when I, I joined um, Sickle Cell Association of Ontario, I was asked to sing for the founder of Sickle Cell Association of Ontario. I was asked two or three nights before the bir- big birthday party for Miss Lily. And let me tell you, I was nervous because I didn't know what they wanted me to sing. And I haven't sang, I think it was like six, six to seven months I haven't been training my voice, right? And as a singer, you have to constantly do your lessons so that anytime someone asks you to sing something, you're already prepared. You don't really need much preparation unless it's a new song and you don't know the words. And at this time, I didn't know the words. And it was the song that I sang at the beginning of this episode. And let me tell you. It was so rewarding to sing for her. And I am so proud of her for everything that she has done for sickle cell disease. Um, The next one, you set the bar. What What do I mean by set the bar? You set how high your limits are. But, you know, a lot of the time when you set your bar, you do above that. And you're like, wow, you look back and you say, did I really do that? Did I really do that? Did I get a degree? Did I get a nomination for a Black History Award? Did I get a nomination for a trustee on on a church board? Did Did I get hired as a volunteer at Sickle Cell Association? Those are my set the bars. That's, I've done a lot more than that. But many a time, I would use my spare time because as an epileptic and if you're not working, you have to find things to do to keep you sane. And art was my way out. Singing, writing, my podcast, praying, talking to friends that need a talking to, helping someone. And I know that's my purpose. And I remember, I think it was last year, Pastor George, I took a class, a spiritual class, and it pointed out my spiritual gifts. And my spiritual gifts were shepherding, communication, leadership, and administration. And it's funny that I didn't know that those were my spiritual gifts until 
after I got all my diplomas and did all things that I was doing. And I have a long way to go. It's just one day at a time. One day at a time. It's funny how that song pops into my head. My um, my family back in D.C. Um, very churchy people. Um, my aunts and my uncles. The aunts would sing and the men would play the... Um, the instruments and this song popped into my head one day at a time sweet jesus that's all i'm asking of you to give me a chance to do all the things that i have to do one day at a time, sweet Jesus, that's all I'm asking of you, to give me a chance to do all the things that I have to do. As you can see, I like to sing as well, I just had to put that in there. So let's get on to the next one. You don't have to prove anything to anybody. Hear me? You don't have to prove nothing to nobody, baby. That's right. (laughs) So what I mean by that is you don't have to prove anything. But that doesn't mean you don't do nothing. If you are a child. If you are a husband and wife, or you in a relationship, if you're working, there's some things you still got to do regardless. But what I mean by this is don't, don't fall into peer pressure to do certain things. Don't feel that because a certain crowd is doing something, you must do it. You have to do it to fit in. If it was meant to be, it would be meant to be. And you wouldn't have to work too hard to get in there and stay in there. You remember that movie, Love Don't Cost a Thing? The young girl in the movie said, it's work to get in and it's work to stay in. Talking about popular crowds and people that you think are so fabulous. But a lot of people are hurting inside, falling apart. But on the outside, they look like everything's cool. Everything's cool. Not always. Alright, so. Part two, I'm going to discuss more of what I went through. And I'm going to talk about the different experiences that I've had. And if you haven't guessed it yet, what makes me different? Why people see me as different? So y'all can check me out on Spotify. You can check me out on Anchor, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcasts. And check out my Instagram, um, Resurrected for a Reason. And my username is GloriaTP82. Alright, so when you see... Is it resurrected grown-up eruptions? That's what it's called. But my podcast is called Resurrected for a Reason. So you can also get me on Twitter. 
All of my social media will be in the descriptive box so you can see what's going on, all right? Y'all take it easy. And part two of being different is a good thing. It's coming right up, y'all.